The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today we are breaking down all the storylines for the Travelers Championship TPC River Highlands, and we're going to get our expert picks. Now, here on the first half of the show, the front nine, so to speak, it'll be myself (laughs) and Kyle Porter, and then for the back nine, after the break, we'll bring in Mark Immelman and Greg Ducharme for all the expert picks and matchups. Additionally, We're on YouTube. Oh, I forgot. We're on YouTube. I should look at the camera. Uh, Give us a follow over there. Make sure to subscribe. First Cut Golf Podcast. We'll tweet it all out. We're trying to build it up, do something a little bit different. Leave us a comment. Uh, I'll check it out. We'll we'll, maybe we'll work some into the show. Uh, All right, let's jump into it. Kyle Porter, what up, guy? Another day, more golf. On to the on to Cincinnati. On to the next one. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I, I'm you know look like every, it, it's weird because every week feels like and it doesn't feel like it is major championship like field, and so it's not difficult to get back up for the next week. You know, so, sometimes we're covering this stuff. It's June, July. You're like, wow, we're doing we're doing uh, you know rocket mortgage. I guess we do have rocket mortgage. Coming <laughs> yeah, be up, careful. But, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Every week has been a lot of fun, and every week we've gone to cool courses so far. So I'm excited about this one as well. This is actually the first event back that's in its original spot. Yeah. So there is some normalcy, I guess, for at least this week, but then we won't get another one in its same spot until the end of July, I think at the 3M open. Yeah. Is, uh, is Memphis in its original spot as well? No. So it's pushed back. It was originally July 2nd to the 5th. will now be the 30, July 30th to August 2nd. So three or four weeks back. Oh, because they flipped it because of the Olympics. Right. How weird is it that there's no Olympics this year? I, that feels like – I remember seeing that report, and it feels like a year ago, and I was like, whatever. They're not going to cancel the Olympics. Like, that's dumb. And here we are uh no sports yeah, then, for three months and then no we came Olympics. on here i think we had this conversation on here we were like you know it would be a really bad idea a global event and fly <laughs> in people from 200 countries would be like a terrible idea right about now um what is interesting about the olympics so like it probably wouldn't have hit me until like the week of the olympics i'd be like oh cool the olympics are happening like this is great but now that justin rose gold medal gets to live for another year like but like always announced the 2016 olympic champion this guy he gets to it gets to live on for at least another year i i joked during remember when he was uh when was at 17 when sergio won the masters there was a group uh at the top of the board after the third round and there was a bunch of different guys that you know were, were trying to win it for different reasons i said sir you know sergio 
so he could have so he could get off the off the you know zero major yeah. mark get his first it was i think rory was maybe up there uh, to complete the grand slam and then i was and then i said and rose needs to win it so, so people will stop talking about his freaking gold medal <laughs> yeah because that's like his last big accomplishment i mean he obviously won at marion which was what 13 and then i guess he's won a couple of times but like that gold medal is like top line resume for this guy yeah, and it's yeah, it's unfortunate that it happened after the U.S. Open because winning a U.S. Open at Marion to me is far superior to winning a Olympics at at uh, at Rio. By the way, I don't know if we're supposed to be talking about this, but there was a report out about the Ryder Cup being bumped to 2021, which means you you could have Olympics, Ryder Cup, and Presidents Cup all in the same year. Is that overkill i mean is that that oh, wow they'll probably bump the president's cup right uh, why why i mean why okay I, I i think maybe but what would the argument be to bump the president's cup i just don't know that you could get the brooks kepkas of the world up for two team events right mm-hmm. like I, I i just don't know that brooks is like yeah i'm in let's let's play quail hollow let's play whistling straights Interesting. Uh, Producer Jacob flying in saying maybe the President's Cup to 2022. So yeah, that that would that would make sense. And I think that's what happened back on 9/11 when they bumped the Ryder Cup from what was that 01 to 02. I think the the President's Cup just went to from 02 to 03. So that I mean that would make the most sense. But that just kind of hit me in in a year in which you know, or a season, I guess, in which we're going to have seven majors, you could have all three of those events as well. I mean, the next, we've talked about it, but the next 12, 13, 14 months is going to be just ludicrous. Yeah. And if you, I guess if you didn't bump the president's cup, you know what you'd see, you'd see a bunch of guys who are just like, ah, you know what, I'll pass on this one. And you'd get like the 12th through 24th best Americans on that team or something like that. You'd Colin Morikawa would, would definitely be playing in one of those events. You'd get defending travelers champion, Chez Reevy on the team. Kyle, by the way, this is a fun little game I play with my wife where I go through and try to name all like the, like what, uh, what tournament was it and who won it. And like as far back as I can go. Yeah. This is the one I always forget. I like have, this has been purged from my memory that Chez Reevy won a golf tournament in the last 365 days. Whenever Doug, Doug Bell uh, on HQ today said that Chez beat Zach Suture, I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was so confused, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were talking before we came on. Remember when, when Chez was a lock for the, for the Ryder Cup team for this year? He, he goes, uh, he nearly wins the U.S. Open, plays with Kepka final round, uh, wins this event, just a, just a mini heater. I mean, just, I mean, on fire. And I don't think he's really done anything since then. I don't have his results in front of me, but it, it hasn't been great over the last year, I don't think. Yeah, he's basically missed uh, half the cuts of, of tournaments. I think he's played 23 since the win. Uh, two top tens and like half of them are missed cuts. So but, it but is, is it, not good. I mean, isn't that like the story of so many guys' careers? They'll get hot for two or three weeks, maybe, maybe you know, rip off a win or a couple top tens. And then they're just normal. I mean, they just play to keep their card. Like, I, I, I think we don't realize – I don't know. I think we just think, or I sometimes think of everybody like JT of just trying to win every single time out. It's like sometimes guys are just like trying to finish top 125 and get to the next year. Or also like 
if you do snap off and get that win and you get your card for two more years, like that's such a big deal. Like that yeah. one win, obviously to keep your, you know, for a lot of these guys to keep their job uh, and to have some security is right. Is a, is just so massive. You can't even, I don't even know how to describe it. How many, how many wins does Chess have? Does he have two or well, the two that came 11 years apart? Right. Uh, so I he think won- those, I think that's it. 2008 RBC Canadian Open, then 2019 Travelers. He has a Corn Ferry Tour win, two Corn Ferry Tour wins, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think like two wins for him in a PGA Tour career, maybe three. That's a, that's a pretty good ceiling, no? Yeah, and he's been around for a long time. I yeah. mean, he's, he's been around. He's kept his card. I mean, like, like literally, the fact that you can even win a golf tournament 11 years apart is impressive because a lot of guys can't even stay on tour 11 well, years apart. And you see, you see him out there. I followed him and Kepka for most of their final round at Pebble last year during the U.S. Open. And you're like, well, I don't understand how these guys are playing the same sport, right? It's like Kepka is just yeah. a freak. And Chez is – I mean, Chez gets them – I mean, he, he's – he's good to his credit. Like he plays really well. He plays really smart, but it's just a different game than Kepka's playing, than DJ's playing, than, than different guys like that. You might know the answer to this. Okay. He wears the Arizona Diamondbacks logo on his hat. First of all, I've seen other guys wear like MLB logos. Like what's going on with this? Peter Malnati. Peter Malnati. Um, Spencer Levine did it for a bit, I think. Like Spencer Levine and, and, and Chez might like they might be long lost brothers or cousins or something. I could I could envision that. Does he get like season t- does he get like a suite at the Diamondbacks uh part? Jacob says yes. <laughs> Jacob says PGA okay, here's an article. PGA Tour pros endorse MLB in exchange for tickets. I guess wow. that's a pretty good gig. I was kind of joking, but I guess that's a, <laughs> I guess that's a real thing. Um all right, that's enough about Chess. So top uh, of the 11 top players in the world, 10 of them in the official world golf rankings are here. The only one not playing is Adam Scott. Again, three weeks in a row, major like fields. You know, we kind of mentioned this last night, and I think Greg, Greg fielded the question. Is this the last week that we see like a huge field? or is, Because they're going to they're take a week off before Memorial, right? Yeah, I think, I think Memorial is going to be sick too. Like I, I think yeah. – uh this might be the best one too 33 out of the top 40 in the world golf rankings playing i think we had colonial was like 16 out of the top 20 i I don't have a number on last week but 33 out of 40 is crazy you know one of the things that i was thinking about is what what is um like i know i know why adam scott's not playing what is cantlay's deal how come he hasn't been playing i don't know you, okay, so we had that deviated septum surgery. I don't know how long that keeps you out for. I literally know nothing about it, but that extended his shutdown. But th- it is shocking that we are now in the third. I thought last week would have been a good spot for him to come back. Um, I don't know. I don't know where he, he's been. He played after that, though, didn't he? I thought he played players or – Did he maybe, play players? Maybe even Arnold Palmer. He started somewhere, I'm pretty sure. He, he definitely did not play the Arnold Palmer. He might have played the players. I can find out in a second. I'm, but I'm um, almost – I'm almost positive he did, but it, I just thought it was weird that he, of all people, was on the – I mean, he doesn't play that much to begin with, but I don't know. It was like he was on the Tiger schedule of, you know, we'll see it at uh, Harding Park or something like that. You are absolutely correct. He finished – so he played Genesis, had the surgery. He was actually in a tie for fifth at the players when yeah. they shut it down. So, uh, I mean, he, uh, this, is, this is probably a good spot for him. 
I bet I bet Cantley wins the players before the end of his career. By the way, Oof. there's a there's a a walk off call right there. That's pretty good. I like it. Uh, Rory McIlroy headed back to TPC River Highlands. Didn't play it last year, but had a, a T17 two. Whoa, that would have been three years ago. 2017 T12 in 2018, and still uh, at risk of losing that number one in the world spot if uh, if John Rom could could go out and win this thing. Yeah, you know, it, he's gone to some interesting places for him because these are not courses that, you know, and he said this after Harbortown. He was like, I remember why I don't come here, you know? <laughs> and, and I mean, part of it is because it's the week after the Masters. And he was like, my, de- my idea of decompression is not going to play Harbortown. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's – I think stuff like this is actually good for him because I think it puts – shots in his hands but get, like it, it provides him shots that maybe he doesn't normally have to hit if he's going to I always go back to Bridgestone it's like well you're not hitting that shot at Bridgestone right you're not hitting that shot at Tory or wherever um, but it gives him an opportunity to hit some shots that he doesn't normally have to hit which is good for him I think for places like a U.S. Open or like a, um, sometimes a PGA Championship although that one's gotten longer and longer over over the course of his career so I I think it's I think it's great for him and I think it you know whether or not he's winning I don't really it doesn't really bother me that much um I think it's I think it's good for him and players like him to you know figure out some courses that maybe have some more nuance or don't are are a little bit uncomfortable for them because I think it makes them better players yeah I like that um as also as far as official world golf rankings go Justin Thomas, wow, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson could all reach number two. Uh, DJ and Cantlay could get to three. Patty Reed could get to four. Xander Bryson, Rose, and Leishman, <laughs> Leishman could get to number six. Finau, eight. Gary Woodland's ceiling would be nine. And then Sung Jay, we'll talk about him in a second. Louis Ustazen could get to number 10. Any of those, uh, I mean, the Leishman one is shocking to me. Any of these interest you? Are you prepared for Webb Simpson, number two player in the world? Yeah. That's crazy, yes. dude. I mean, I was thinking about this as it relates to Spieth. Uh, what's our – you can do a time stamp there. 1328. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this as it relates to Spieth. I mean, Webb was like 92nd in the world three or four years ago. And and I think that if you're spe- – and it's different, right, because he the thing that, that got him was the putter. So it's it's different for sure. But the bounce back's been unbelievable. And it's just at a time in his career where you don't, um, you just don't, I don't know, you don't see it that often. I mean, we got the Jimmy Walker stuff. That was different though, because Walker wasn't great when he was younger. Right. I, I just, I, I'm amazed by what Webb has done. And the fact that he, if he wins this week, he'd be number two in the world behind, I mean, Rory and Webb, the two best players in the world. Like there's a legit case that that's true. So, perfect segue, my friend. Uh, Total strokes gained since the start of 2019, so the start of last season. Rory McIlroy has gained 189. Webb Simpson is second, 159. Justin Thomas, 154. Sungjae Im, 152. Helps that he plays every single week. Patrick Cantlay, 145. That's your top five. That's it. I mean, that's... Like if I did a power rankings today, that might be my top five, you know? And, and, 
again, like it's, you're looking at different windows of like, it depends on when your window is, whether it's last five events or last five months or whatever. where did you get those numbers, by the way? Was that your, your database? Yeah. So Rory's 189, Webb is 159? Correct. Yep. JT 154, Sungjae 152, Cantlay 145. The crazy part about the Rory thing is he's, it's not like he's playing weak events. Right. And, and he doesn't play, I guess, as much as, I mean, Sungjae, obviously Webb <laughs> plays a little bit more, but Rory, yeah, the Rory number is astonishingly good. And yeah. then Webb being in second is also amazing. It, but it, but it matches up with like the way I think that I've started to view him. And, yeah. and again, I think it's hard when you've kind of ingratiated yourself as a certain type of player and we think of you a certain way. Oh, he won that that U.S. Open. That was weird. That was kind of a one-off and like the Birdman thing. And <laughs> right. yeah, you know, that, that's his, like what I remember most from that. The sh- <laughs> the shank at the twelve at the 2012 Ryder Cup at Medina, all these different things, and all of a sudden you have to think about him differently as like the second best player on earth. That's it's it's I don't know. Every time I say it out loud, it's crazier. Let's talk about Sung JM here for a second. Um, misses the cut. Last week, I have another good stat for you here. Uh, so, he lost 4.4 strokes gained putting in two rounds last week. By far the worst putting performance of his career. The previous worst putting performance. Last year's RBC Heritage in which he lost 3.7 strokes putting. There's a chance Sungjae just uh, hates these greens, can't figure them out at Harbortown, and he just wins this week. Yeah. <laughs> that would like, that would del- that would delight you, wouldn't it? Oh, and such. Uh, if I can go Webb and Sungjae back to back, like my two <laughs> favorite players on the face of the earth, like yeah, that would be so good. What's but, his, but like uh, he's, he's that good? Off the top of my head, I I, can't, I wouldn't be able to think of it. But his his putting profile, it's not. He's not. He's not a bad putter. It, it's 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 pretty average, right? Like it, maybe maybe above average. Where's he yeah, at in terms so he, of? Gains uh, 0.36, so that would put him, what, like 60th or something off the top of my head? I can find out, but some, yeah, somewhere that, around. That sounds right, which if he sits there, like if you just stay there 50th, 60th, maybe you pop up to 40th, drop down to 70th, you're going to win with the way he hits it. Yeah, he's 42nd. 42nd in putting, even better. Yeah, there you go. Uh, other things for this week. We talked about Phil on HQ. Uh, I, I don't have anything to say about Phil. Phil's like, Phil's, I love Phil in every way. Phil's great on Instagram. Phil's not good at golf anymore. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to do this weird thing for the next two or three years of like, oh, he hits bombs. And yeah, well, he's, he hasn't finished better than T60 for three months. Like, I, it's going to be awkward. I, I, you know, it always is at the, end of, at, at the end of your career. The thing I said on HQ I just, what's the path to a win for him? I mean, is there one? I mean, what did he do at Pebble? It would have to be a very specific situation or a specific course, but I don't know, man. Like the game is, is really in shambles. And and like, this is certainly not a knock. Phil is uh, like one of the X number of greatest players to ever grace the game. But like he's 50 years old, as he should be at the, at the downturn of his career and there is no path when you are like significantly below average in 75% of the stat categories. Like right. You would, you would need, it's not like you just need to 
run into a hot putter one week, you need every single thing to go right for four days. I do think, uh, and I've said this for the last five years or whatever, I think there's a scenario, there's a world in which a 54-year-old Phil has like two and a half hot rounds at Augusta and you're like, okay, because (laughs) the driver doesn't get him into trouble there. The field is smaller and he's really smart around there when he, when he wants to be, he's also not smart when he wants to be. Um, and, and I, I think there's a world that exists in which that is in play, but the people that are like, Oh, us open still on the table. You're like, yeah, that was over at Marion. Like that was the, that was, that's a wrap. Like that was the last one. I mean, I, I don't know that I would have said that at the time, but looking back, you're like that, that was, that's it. Like he's not going to win a us open. That's not even, on the table. And I think whether he wins again is on the table. I really do, which sounds harsh to say about somebody who won. Was that last season pebble? Yes. 20, so it would have been like February, 2019, I think. Yeah. The last season, 14 years ago, but <laughs> right. uh, I, I just, I think, I think the Augusta thing could happen. I think that's real, but everything else, I, I don't know. It's going to be, I hope it's handled with care because there's, there's a way in which it could just, not go great over the next three, four, five years. Does he ever play on the champions tour? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would say yes, but not anytime soon. Right. Right. Yeah. It'll be a while. If he does, it'll be a long time from now. I mean, Steve Stricker plays on the champions tour and you know, Stricker's not in Phil's world, but he was a really good player on the PGA Tour. I, I don't think it's like this. I don't think there's like a stigma of like, oh, if you're playing on the Champions Tour, you're, you're terrible. But I don't think it's going to be 51 or 52-year-old Phil. I think it might be later on in his 50s. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Bubba Watson, three-time champion here at TPC River Highlands. Uh, played well at Colonial. I don't know, like, I don't know if he's like a low-key guy to watch because he's so inconsistent. Like, I feel like he's just as likely to eject and miss the cut than he is to win. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't have the stat in front of me, but we all know that, like, 70% of Bubba's wins are at three places. They're at Augusta. They're at uh, – what's this one out here? Riviera. PGA West. Yeah, or Riviera and, um, and here at, at TPC River Highlands. Yeah, which is weird because, I mean, to those – I guess Riviera and, and Augusta, you would say, have some, some commonalities, but – River uh, TPC River Highlands. It's like, why is he good there? Like, I, I don't. I mean, is there a? I don't know. You've looked at the courses. Is there like a, a common theme? Like a common thread there? No, I can't figure it out. The one thing that um, so there's the there is this combination between Augusta and and Riviera at least where sometimes you get these like especially at Augusta it's really pronounced where you don't get a level lie like you never get a flat lie. Yeah. And there's there is this. Um, idea and it's and it's pretty widely shared because of phil mickelson and and mike weir that like lefties around augusta and the non-flat lies kind of find a way to it's just like more natural to them i don't know if there's something there's a little bit of something to that's riviera i have no idea what it is to to river highlands yeah especially because it's like 6800 yards so you're like (laughs) right that's i mean it's not really bubba's wheelhouse i don't feel like he seems like an easy guy to to fade this week right with 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 how big with how good this field is and I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel like Bubba right now. Um, yeah. So like in, in the fantasy world, he's going to be one of the most popular guys and he's just as likely to miss the cut as he is to like 
finish in the top 10 here, I will, I will not be investing in Bubba Watson. Yeah. Um, but I want to find out who you are investing in, Kyle. It's time for your expert picks. Let's start. And this is very early in the week to be asking you to do this, but let's start with your top 10 lock for the, what are we at? Travelers. Well, I've, I've, I've gone Rory the, the first two weeks. So I went Rory at Colonial. He went T32. I went Rory at Harbor Town. What do you finish there? Like T24 or T40 or something like that? 41. T41. So I'm, I'm switching. I'm going Bryson. Bryson's been playing great. Couple top tens. Uh, he's had a decent history at this. I mean, he's finished. I think in the top ten at this event the last couple of years. This was the, this was the location of. Uh, remember, um, what was the thing that he was using on the greens that he got in trouble for? The compass, compass gate. Yeah, where he like laid it. It, it told him like the. Uh... The slope and stuff, right? Was that it? Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's right. And like, that was when he like went to war against the USGA <laughs> over the side saddle putting and the compass. Oh, and- right. Oh my God. I completely forgot about the side saddle putting. That's how, that's how intense this guy is. <laughs> That was a thing for so I forgot all about that. Oh my god! We're on like our fifth software update to to the Bryson oh, machine. I mean, I'm, this I'm, is I that, the this. the side saddle putting was like the the Apple II computer. I mean, that was a long time ago. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna watch those videos later. <laughs> There's so many good ones. Remember, uh, he he tried it out at the uh, that how was it the shark shootout? I think he tried it out at. That sounds right. I and mean, then. I've, and then he brought it to the tour and the USGA was like, no. You and he held, he held his other arm. Like, it was so crazy. Oh, my God. How is this not a th- – I completely <laughs> forgot. And that's like the 11th craziest thing he's done, like yeah. that he's tried on the PGA Tour. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to be in a, a Bryson uh, rabbit hole for a bit. But let's get your sleeper for this week. Yeah, I had Joel Damon. Joel Damon, uh, not a – you know, I think even, I don't know, people that are looking for sleepers, it's not like, man, I, I want to be on Joel Damon this week, but he's been playing pretty well. You know, he's got a couple of, I think he's played eight rounds. Well, he played Colonial and Harbor Town. Uh, seven of them were 70 or better. Uh, he shot 75 on Sunday at Harbor Town after 63 on Saturday. And um, yeah, he's just, he's playing solid golf and he's somebody who it seems like has figured out some consistency. And look, like, I don't know, in a field like this, I, it's almost easier to go with like a, a Matthew Wolf at 150 to one, even though he's playing not very well. You're like, okay, well, the, the talent I know is there. With Damon, he kind of has to have the week of his life talent wise to, to beat a field like this. But um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe you go with him more like a sleeper to finish in the top 10. I don't know what the number is there, but I, I went ahead and picked him for my sleeper to win the tournament at 80. Yeah, he's 80 to 1, so it'll probably be like 6 to 8 to 1 to finish in the top 10, something like that. So certainly well within his range of outcomes. And Kyle, it's time for your pick to win, but I'm pretty sure you gave this to us like five seconds after Webb Simpson won last week. We yeah, were on I, HQ. <laughs> I did. And I was on this after, his, after the third round at, at uh, RBC last week because he was hitting it unbelievable. And I, I wish he hadn't putted well on Sunday because I would be even more excited about it. But Justin Thomas... Uh, has been hitting it so well over the first two events. And he finally made putts on Sunday. I think I still haven't uh, I, I still haven't reconciled the fact that he shot, what, 63 with two bogeys? 
Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. And uh, I can't remember. I think he, he didn't, I think he was four under at this event last year, like T30 or something like that. But um, he's been playing great. And you want to pick guys like that that are hitting it really well and just haven't putted all that great. I, I think he has a big leap. So if you didn't claim him five seconds after the event last week, I probably could have gotten to JT as like my pick to win this week. I really do like that. That feel, It feels right. So, yeah. you know, spoiler alert, he won't be my pick to win, but I think I'll, I'll be invested in him. Here's a little fun fact, Kyle. Uh, first time in like a while that Rory has not been the betting favorite. Yeah, I saw that. Well, I wonder when the last – what was the last one? It had to be – I just had it. Uh, 2019 Masters, Kepka. Man. PGA, maybe? Oh, man. It had to be I a Kepka. I, had it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't have it. I thought I had it handy. Yeah, Kepka's, that sounds right. Kepka's odds have gone really up and down, I feel like, over the last 15 months. Because he was, he was like the, the outright favorite for a lot of these majors. And now, I mean, last week he was like 30 to 1. And uh, same as DJ, I guess. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was wild. Uh, okay, so the first event since uh, – actually, apparently the 2019 Zozo. Okay. JT was the favorite uh, going into that. And, and Rory was right behind him, apparently. And then, Tiger, and then Tiger won. And then Tiger won. Um, all right, KP, much appreciated. Here's what we're going to do. On the other side, we'll bring in – uh, Greg Ducharme will bring in Mark Immelman. We'll round out our expert picks and put a bow on the Travelers Championship. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. We teased on the other side that it was going to be Greg Ducharme and Mark Immelman joining us for matchups, but Mark couldn't make it, so it's Greg. And it's me and you, Greg. I'm Mark's a busy man. Buddy. I understand. I, I'm just happy to be here. Mark's a busy guy. 
Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's probably jet setting somewhere right now. I don't know what he's up to. Right. He's got more important things going on. I mean, he's probably, I don't know, covering a PGA tour event, something like that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, all right. Well, here, here's what we're going to do, man. We've got matchups as we've been doing. I've got a set of head to head matchups that we're going to go through. We're going to take a side and we are going to crown a weekly winner. Now, you and I, we might have to partner up on this because uh, Mark won week one, Kyle won week two. We, we got to get off the schneid here. This, it, it was not a great start. I mean, we're doing okay, like some narrow defeats. But look, a win's a win, and that's all, that's all I really care about. So I'm ready for a win this week, even if I need you as a partner, even if it's a baseball format. Yeah, that's what we should do. Best ball us versus right. those guys. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump into this. So the first one, uh, I, I actually think the first one is super interesting. Brooks Kepka minus 125. That's a pretty significant favorite over Webb Simpson at even money. Um, spoiler alert, Greg, not sure if you saw Webb Simpson won last week. He did win, which you know what that means. He can't play well again. He can't right? possibly. He used it all. He used it all last week. This is such a hard one because I love Brooks this week. I, I think Brooks is really motivated, uh, really like like looking to play well, which gives me a little concern. But, man, it seems like such a web course. So I'm going to let you go first. No, you know what? I'm going to go first here because I don't okay. want you to influence my choice. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with Brooks. I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm thinking great week for Brooks. Great week for Webb too, but I think Brooks might, he might win this week. I do really like Brooks this week. Uh, however, however, uh, I'm going to take Webb here. Because well, that's I'm, good for baseball. Yeah, I know. Well, that's true. We've, we've got a winner here for sure. Um, I, I like – okay, so when I do these head-to-heads, I like the more consistent guy. And, and Brooks is a little bit more volatile now. He might win this thing. He might just run away with it, and that'll be the end of it. But uh, Webb Web always gives me a chance, so I'm going to take him. I like can't argue it. I, I like it. This is another massive line. I feel like Rory McIlroy minus fifty versus John Rom at plus one twenty. That's big. Little, it is big. It is really. It's really big. Where's your confidence level with these guys? I, I feel like I've been waiting for them to kind of get going here, just like us in these matchup games. I, I'm just. I'm not really sure where to. I want to say that these guys are both going to have good weeks, but I just, I don't really know. I generally don't get too worried about guys like this. Yeah. I mean, Rory by only by his own standards are a 41st and a 32nd good results, right? We only grade him on wins and top fives, but the way that those rounds went, like he, he basically played like, I don't know, five bad holes at, at Colonial and maybe eight or nine at, at Harbortown, and the rest were pretty good. Right. John Rahm, Rahm's been a little, bit more, a little bit more quiet, missed the cut at Colonial, um, just kind of like meddled around in the middle for, for a while. I, I, I think it's, it's a huge number, but I, I think it's Rory for me. I kind of feel it's one of those things with matchups, are, it's hard to take odds because it's a one-on-one match. So – it, it, there, there's like a, almost like a limited advantage for just taking the money and the odds. You, you kind of have to take the guy you think is going to win. So I think I'm going to go Rory here too, just because I know how talented he is. And as you mentioned, there's volatility in like one bad, bad round. And I, I do think it's a good venue for him, just like every event. It's better than the last two venues for him. 
So I, I think I'm going to go Rory here too, but man, I don't feel extremely confident with that by any means. And that's a good point about the venues. Like the last two are places he's essentially never played. And there's right. probably a reason he's never played them, whether it's scheduling or whether he just doesn't think they're going to be a good fit. Uh, he, he's played River Highlands before and played it well. Right. And what did you tweet out about, uh, about RBC Heritage? He played Harbortown once before he was a winner on the PGA Tour. I mean, yeah. a lot has happened since then. Yeah, he played it in 2009. He had zero PGA Tour wins. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Um, this is a good one. Man, there's so many boppers in this field. There are so many boppers in this field. Justin Thomas versus Bryson DeChambeau, both minus 110. Uh, I'll just tell you, I'm going with Bryson. I, like, okay, so I, I'm, I'm laser focused. Like, I love both of these guys. I think both of them could easily win the golf tournament. I'm just so invested in Bryson. I have to pick him here. Yeah, I understand. You've been invested in him for a long time. I'm going to go the other way. Once again, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with JT here. I think JT is ready for a win. He finally gets the putter going. That's huge for him. He's been hitting it so well. The wedge play is off the charts. This is going to be a wedge fest. I trust JT's wedges more than Bryson's, even though I like Bryson's. And uh, with the way the putter was rolling last round to RBC Heritage, I think JT's kind of sick of the cold putter, and I think you're going to see him on some bent grass greens really get it going. Yeah, I, I'm terrified uh, that JT just runs away with this thing because I'll probably have all the Bryson side of these like situations, right? Like in fantasy when you can only play one of them. Like I, I, I do think JT could win this. Justin Rose, minus 110 versus Dustin Johnson, minus 110. Uh, Rosie looking better, certainly since the restart. DJ trying to work his way back into form. Where are we going here? How many guys can you pick to win? Because Justin Rose is definitely on my list. Uh, I, and DJ, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely optimistic. My interest level in DJ is on the rise. Um, after the match at the start to the year, like all these things with DJ have been kind of left you scratching your head, but now I'm feeling a little more confident about it. But Justin Rose, I mean, this guy's one of the best players in the world continues to be, he was, I think top five or top six strokes game TV green the first two weeks back with his old new equipment. So I, I'm going to go pretty heavy Justin Rose here. I probably feel most confident about this one than any other and I'm in a place where I'm betting against Dustin Johnson. That can't be good. Um, I think what's interesting about both of these guys is, uh, I don't know if they've never played here, but neither has played here in the last five years. So that's that's usually my cutoff of like, if you haven't played here in five years, you might as well have never played here. Um, you yeah. know, unless it's like, I don't know, Augusta or something like that. Right. And it never changes. This, but, this one hasn't changed a whole lot either, but yeah. I, I understand your point. So I too am just going to side with Rose here. And, and this is kind of the tiebreaker here is I like the way he grinds. So this is weird. Like um, in a, it, like Jordan Spieth does this too, obviously to different results, but I, I always think Jordan Spieth cares about every single shot. Like nope, whether he's in it or whether he's not. No I, I also think Rose is kind of the same way. I mean, we saw it at colonial. He'd like, miss a three footer make or like make like a bad bogey or make a bad double. And he bounces back. Like he just is a, he's a professional. He's like a consummate professional. And I want a guy to go to battle for me in a head to head matchup that I know he's going to grind for 18 or hopefully 72 holes. So. He's, he's kind of, he's like a show pony with kind of like an underdog mentality where he's always going to scrap, always going to uh, grind and claw. 
He's a he's a red line. He, he's redlining it all the time. So love love Justin. It's a great point. Three time champion Bubba Watson even money versus Xander Shoffley at minus one twenty five. Xander uh, obviously disappointing last week. Bubba playing better, going to a place he's won three times. Rick, is this a trap? It I feels like I, a trap. I think it is a trap. Quite honestly, yeah. I, Xander, I'm I'm worried with Xander about the way that uh, the way that the Charles Schwab challenge went. I'm a little worried about like that. That's hurt. That hurts. But after last week, did he shake that off? Bubba's it, Bubba has, is a three time winner. It's a Bubba course, and Bubba's playing well. It's so obviously Bubba. I'm gonna take the. I'm, I'm gonna go against the grain here and go Xander. I, yeah, I, I think Xander maybe is over that hurt. I'm, I'm going to take a chance here just because it feels like a trap. There are some situations in which a line talks to you, and this one is screaming like this is a trap, right? Because all signs would point to Bubba, and when when Vegas lays a minus 125 on Xander, it must be much bigger than that. So give me Xander. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you here. Um, this one's interesting. Morikawa minus one ten. Patrick Reed minus one ten. Can I give you? I just got off HQ and made the case that Morikawa is. I didn't was. I didn't say he was going to miss the cut, but I said he would be like my surprise guy to miss the cut. And my case is this: um, didn't play well on the weekend last week. Specifically, lost four strokes with his irons. He's now lost strokes putting in three straight rounds, which is not that unusual for him, but remember he came on this podcast and he told us he found something with the putter at TPC Sawgrass. He carried it over into colonial and he's now potentially lost it. Uh, the final thing about Morikawa is this is the third straight week. He's going to play the only other time he's played three weeks in a row. He played four weeks in a row and all four of them got progressively worse, which I'm nervous about. I, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like how can a guy that's, 23 be tired after playing two weeks in a row like you got to figure the guys we've probably been playing every day for 15 years probably but at the same time i feel like maybe it's not fatigue maybe it's pressure i feel a, a rising pressure with him and it's like it's kind of like what he mentioned on the pod what we talked about yesterday how there's um like this idea like i gotta hang on to the cut street and i, yeah. I hope it's not in his mind it may be and when you are thinking about the cut rather than thinking about winning, suddenly you end up, this is what Brooks Kepka said, suddenly you end up around the cut line. So it's very interesting. I have a, a strange feeling about Morikawa. I think it's an interesting miscut. So I'm not going to pick Colin Morikawa here. I'm going to pick Patrick Reed, who I did uh, invest in last week, and he let me down. So I guess playing the odds, he's probably going to have a good week this week. Yeah, I'll take Reed too, officially. So that'll be a, a round of reads. Uh, this one is interesting too. Jordan Spieth minus 125 versus Gary Woodland. Uh, let's let's be real here. This has to be, I guess, because Spieth won here in 2017. Gary Woodland is significantly the better player right now. Significantly. I think this is the bet of the week. Um, I, we'll get to that later. So spoiler alert. It's <laughs> okay. for me. Uh, I'm going to go Gary Woodland all day. I think he had kind of a... Last week wasn't, a, I wouldn't say a bad week. He just never got it going. And in a, in a tournament like that, you can shoot under par every day and get ran over. And that's what happened to him. I don't think it's a sign that his game is in rough form. Um, but there are plenty of signs that Jordan Spieth is in rough form. I have no trust in him. And the volatility of Jordan, I'm 
definitely going to use against him in this one. So I'm going to go Gary Woodland heavy here. Yeah, I um, you nailed it. I don't have anything else to add to that. It's Gary. It's Gary Woodland for myself as well. Matthew Fitzpatrick minus one ten versus Tony Finau minus one ten. Uh, I I this is probably the one I had the most trouble with because we talked about this. Finau has so little win win equity. Obviously, right? I mean, Puerto Rico Open yeah. champion. But 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 on the plus side, he's like always around. Like, you know, he's, he's probably going to finish in the top 25 a lot. And if I'm just picking another kind of random golfer of equal skill set to match him with, like you'd think the Finau side would almost always be a, a, a good side to bet. So I'll, I'll take Finau just because he's a little bit, little bit more consistent, but I, like only in a head-to-head would I be comfortable with it. I can't get my, uh, my finger on the pulse of Matthew Fitzpatrick. I, I don't really know what to do with him. I don't know what kind of course suits him. I don't know where his game is. He seems to be pretty highly rated by a lot of the guys out there. He's well-respected for sure. He's made a Ryder Cup team. I know he's a very good player, um, but I don't know where he fits. I don't know. Is this a good venue for him? Is it, is it not? So Finau is extremely consistent. I do think this is a good venue for Tony Finau. Uh, and it's the kind of place you, you never know. He may be able to get the putter going. Um, if you wanted to make a charitable contribution, betting Tony Finau is probably a tax write-off. Uh, as, a, as a, a contribution to a casino. So I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't bet being out a win, but I would bet him here in this, in this matchup. Okay. Victor Hovland, minus 110. Sergio Garcia, minus 110. If Sergio can do anything uh, like he played Tita Green last week, he probably runs away with this matchup. So it's just really a matter of if we think he can do it. Um, I do like Sergio's chances here. As much as I love Victor, what I saw last week was flashes of brilliance. And when you show me that I'll take it. So give me Sergio. Yeah. I, this is a hard one too, because I really like Hovland this week and I like him. At, at, I mean, what a bright start. Do you compare, do you compare Hovland and Sergio yesterday? Like, um, no, we compare uh, Sergio and Joaquin Neiman. Oh, it was Neiman. That's right. That's right. Um, it's kind of similar. I mean, yeah. the problem's kind of similar, so I could see that too. I'm going to go Sergio here as well. I think he's got something going with the putter. The way that he's hitting it right now, second baby. I, I, there's a lot to like about Sergio. I'm going to I'm going to ride Sergio. I'm going to agree with you here. Ian Poulter, who was your first round leader last week, minus one ten versus Scotty Scheffler, who late withdrew last week uh, and did not play. Obviously, minus one ten. Um, I, I, I'm going to take Scotty Scheffler. I've, I, I was dying to play Scotty Scheffler last week. I think I had him written up like ready to go as maybe a top 10. Uh, and then he came in with that late, that late WD and I had to, I had to yank him out. Um, last time we saw him at colonial, he was great, great ball striker. He was terrible on and around the greens. He is not that bad. I, I really, really like Scotty Scheffler. I don't have a, a lot of confidence in Ian Poulter finishing out tournaments. So I, I have some definite questions about him, where his game is. And Scotty Scheffler, on the contrary. Now, I typically don't like guys who are really struggling around the greens. It's a very frustrating way to play golf, and it can lead to kind of some down weeks. But I think Scotty Scheffler, it was an anomaly at Colonial, that around the green performance you mentioned yesterday and again today. So I'm, I'm looking for Scotty to rebound and rebound quickly. And I'm going to agree with you once again. This is quite a streak we have going here, Rick. I, I just saw that. We have not disagreed since the first one. 
Was it really the first one? Yeah, I went Webb, you went Brooks, and we have matched since. I just saw that, like, as you were every saying one? this. Yeah, every single one. What are we doing here? We're not playing best ball, right? Uh, well, if we are, we're not doing very well. Yeah. Um, all right, last one, and um, this is Sung J.M. and Abe, Abraham answer. Both are minus 110. Uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just jump to this because this is, this is my best bet. This, this is so clearly Sung J.M., and, and that is not even me being, like, a, a crazy homer for – for Sung Jay, I love Abraham answer. He's great. He played awesome last week. This is another pendulum swinging too far because Sung Jay missed the cut. And now, like, he is infinite. Like, I don't even know how to describe this. Sung Jay is so much better than Abraham answer. Abraham answer is so good, but I just, this is not, this is not close. These were, it's interesting because these two players in Australia at the President's Cup were the best players on the international team. Uh, they were yeah. both kind of Ernie L's anchor. They were both the, these are the two players that make you think the internationals have a chance at beating the Americans at some point soon. So I'm very interested with this. I'm dying to take answer just to disagree with you once <laughs> because I feel like I'm just chasing you around. I know we've alternated the order a couple of times here, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Sung JM. I agree. I think it was an emotional defeat for Abraham answer. You know, there was a, uh, um, Justin Ray sent out a fascinating tweet about Abraham answer. There were 38 times a player with a lead or a co-lead has shot 65 or better in the final round on tour, uh, since 2003 and 37 of them, they have won. Abraham answer was the first one to lose. And that yeah. just, that hurts. I'm sorry. I know he's tough, but that hurts. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Sung in here. All right. Uh, so that was my best bet. Just to recap that, your best bet was um, Woodland over Spieth. Yeah. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. So Woodland over Spieth and Sungjae over Abraham. Answer, Greg, can I offer you $1,000? Yes. All right. Well, you don't even have to put up any of your own money if you'd like to win 1000 bucks, because that is where CBS Sports has you covered with our very own golf prop game available at cbssports.com slash golf props. That is cbssports.com slash golf props. The link is in the description. You can check it out there. And we have questions for every single round. Log in, answer the questions. If you have the most correct, you get a thousand bucks each and every round of the Travelers Championship. Terms and conditions apply. And I have a question that will appear on the sheet Thursday, round one. You're getting a first crack at it right now, Greg, okay? Okay. Will Brooks Kepka finish round one inside the top ten? Yes. Ooh, interesting. Great question. Yeah, I think he's going to come out ready to go. His little brother's playing. I don't know. Yes. He Monday qualified. And I think there's a little bit of a – like, like, it just adds a little bit for Brooks. And he's the kind of guy that needs a little something. He needs a little chip. Maybe he's got a little side action with his little brother, and he's going to go out there and play a really good round. So I'm, a, I'm a, a firm yes on that. This is weird. And without looking up any data, um, I, I feel like Brooks is a closer. Like, I feel like in the same way that he doesn't really care, you know, or tells us he doesn't really care about regular events, Oh, it's Thursday. I don't really care. You know what he tells holes five through 14 are boring or something like that. That one time. Yeah. he. Has. 
<laughs> like maybe Thursday's boring, but fr- you know, Friday's a little bit better. Saturday's great. Sunday's all, I don't know. So I'm going to say th- there is a chance Brooks Kepka wins this thing, but I'm going to take no, he does not finish inside the top 10 after round one. Uh, producer Jacob, BK finished T57 last year after the US Open. Finished T57 here? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was a course history note. Yeah. Remember what happened last year? He came in second at the US Open with a chance on 18. He went 72 holes with a chance to three-peat the U.S. Open. I mean, the next week across the country is an emotional letdown. It doesn't mean he doesn't care. It's just emo- there's, you're trying to peak for that major championship, and he did, and then there's a, a natural exhale. It's not a sign of, of course, he doesn't like. It's not a sign of anything other than it was the week after U.S. Open. Brooks Koepka is on the rise peaking uh right about now maybe for this week i'm gonna predict six under six under round one for him oh that might actually uh you might be onto another prop we won't spoil that one but uh check that out for thursday those props will probably be loaded into the system maybe by the time you're listening to this i don't know cbssports.com slash golf props check it out time for the expert picks to recap because we got kyle's before the break he went with uh joel damon as his sleeper uh, he went with Bryson wow. as his top 10, and he went with Justin Thomas to win the whole dang thing. So, Greg, this is your turn. We'll start uh, with our sleepers. I chose Doc Redman, who actually, he was 130 to 1. I think he's already 200 to 1. So, like, you're getting better odds as, the, as time goes on here. Uh, fourth in the field in strokes gained, T to green from Friday to Sunday last week. Uh, if he can keep any semblance of that going, try, you know, I'm trying to get him top 10, top 20 type situations. Uh, certainly unlikely that he wins the golf tournament, but I do like the upside. Yeah, there's a ton of upside there. So not terrible. So starting with sleeper minds, JT Poston, uh, two top 10 finishes to start. Um, and he's also, he's hitting the ball nicely, but the, the, the key for JT Poston is that putter. Uh, and he is eighth in strokes game putting on the year. So I really like this kid. I think he's an underrated player on the PGA Tour. And last I checked, 66 to 1 on JT Poston. So uh, I, I think you're getting great odds on, on a great player. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Top 10. Uh, so I borrowed uh, Justin Thomas here. Kyle's picked to win. Justin Thomas, uh, I took him in top 10. Uh, I, I just, I just love him. I, I mentioned this at the top. It's one of these situations where I could very easily see him winning this golf tournament. Uh, I think that, uh, well, this might be my spoiler alert. Him and Bryson are like the two best players in the field or have the best chances. So I took JT as a top 10. Uh, maybe, uh, we may have hinted at it earlier, in our <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with Justin Rose as my top 10. Um, or oh, man, see, here's, here's the problem. I'm going to, I'm going to go out of order here. So my winner and my top 10 are the Justins, Justin Rose and Justin Thomas. I think they could both win, but I'm going to say Justin Rose gets the win. Justin Thomas is the top 10 lock for the week for me. Okay. I'm glad you said that. So now we can talk about this because I didn't want to spoil your, your pick to win. Uh, I was going to say I borrowed your pick to win as a top 10, but I didn't want to spoil it. So yeah, I I mean, obviously love all of those guys. Uh, I'm taking Bryson. Uh, I I've just committed to this. I think that, this is a stack. 
Yeah. I mean, and this is, this is a stat I threw out on, on HQ. I, I actually think the case, there's a case to be made that uh, he's defying the odds by not winning yet. Uh, his, his strokes gained is so good. The, the top five guys in strokes gained this season, they've accounted for six wins already. Bryson is second and has zero of them. Like J, JT's got two, Webb's got two, Hatton's got one, Rory's got one. Like it, it's almost illogical that he hasn't won yet. Yeah. And I, like, I don't, it's it like, it's coming. It is coming. He knows that stat. I don't know. He don't might know. know it. He might know that. See the one, the one, well, who am I to say? How am I going to say anything to you, Rick? You picked the winner the last two weeks. It's a great pick. I should have copied it. Well, we'll see. I hope he proves me right for uh, a third week in a row, but this is going to be a good one. Another great field, a great course. This is up in your neck of the woods, right? Close enough. About two, about two hours for me. Yeah, this, I've been there. I played it. It's a, it's a great spot. Is this the closest? No, maybe winged foot. What's like the closest stop for you? Uh, definitely winged foot. Winged foot. Winged yeah, foot okay. You're talking 15 or 20 minutes away. Yeah. And then it might be 18 on the GPS. Been there. Okay. Depends on traffic. And, uh, and, right. and Liberty National is not far. It's on the other side of the city. So that's about an hour. And, and then you got some Long Island courses that are. No, anywhere around Westchester. If you're in the Westchester area, that's definitely the closest. Yeah. I'm like an hour from Torrey and, an, of course, depending on traffic, an hour from Riviera. Those are probably the closest, I guess, for me. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, solid, pretty solid list. Uh, all right. Greg Deshaun, really appreciate it. But as we always do, make sure to follow uh, Greg on Twitter at the real GFD. I'm Rick Gaiman at Rick Run Good. We'll be coming at you all week. So stay glued to the feeds. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.